when I have a five-year-old who asks the question, did Jesus wear undies? All of a sudden, God was like, this is your opportunity to, to speak truth into your daughter's life in a way that you didn't think you could. This is the Defiant Dad Podcast, show number three. Coming to you today from the great state of Texas. My name is Andrew Sullivan. Thank you so much for making this show a part of your day. Uh, Defiant is defined in the dictionary as showing a disposition to challenge, resist, or fight. This podcast equips fathers to fight for themselves and for their families using the truth of the gospel. Did Jesus wear undies? It's a question that honestly, in my almost 25 years of being a Christian, I never really considered. But the young daughter of my next guest did, and it started him on the path of writing and publishing a book with the very same title. So uh, one of the biggest reasons for starting this podcast was to help equip men like me so that they could effectively engage with and change the culture, the strange culture that we find ourselves in. And I firmly believe that if we're going to actually do that, if we're going to have success, if we're going to see the culture change for the better, then we have to start engaging with those closest to us. And, uh, you know, not just the people you might see at work or your best friends, but those who are the very closest to us, those in our household. After all, Proverbs 22.6 says, quote, Train a child up in the way he should go. Even when he is old, he will not depart from it. End quote. Uh, in the discussion that follows, you're going to hear some really excellent and applicable advice on how to share theological truths with your kids, especially those of you uh, who listen who are like me, a dad with young kids. With over a decade of ministry experience and a Master's of Divinity from Southwest Baptist Theological Seminary, Ryan Gentles serves the local church as a house pastor, a husband, and a father. He's been married to his wife, Lindsay, since 2008, and he has three daughters. Ryan's vision for his life in ministry is to see families connect through truth, humor, healthy communication, and fun. Ryan is an old friend of mine. I was so thrilled to bring him on the podcast, and he brings so, so much goodness into this conversation today. Can't wait for you to hear it. Without any further ado, let's dive in. Dude, thank you so much for coming on today. Yeah, absolutely. Let me make sure my, my phone's going to not go off or anything. All right. <laughs> <laughs> no, you're good, man. You're good. So how long have I known you, man? Like, I think, I think I first met you. When did you first come to Crossroads in the Woodlands? That was 2006. So 2006, I started, okay. So yeah. I graduated in 05, and I couldn't remember if you were right. right before or after. Yeah, I, I came in and... and uh, Man, I, I hit the ground running. I, I started in this last uh, May, uh, end of May, uh, and then I had like a week, and then I, I already had like a trip planned to go back home to visit family, um, yeah. and then like I flew straight from there to Alto Frio camp. And it was like, bam, summer has begun, man. So, Alto Frio, yes, yeah. sweet memories. Actually, I ran into some, I had a gig last week. Uh, for a family, for uh, it was like a uh, like a seventieth or eightieth birthday party, I think. Oh no, excuse me, it was a it was a um, a, a anniversary party for an older couple. And okay. during a bunch of toasts, I kept hearing mentions to Alto Frio, Alto Frio. So at the end of my gig, I went up to them and asked, yeah. "Okay, what Alto Frio are you talking about?" Because they talked yeah. about this really worn out encampment called Alto yeah. Frio. <laughs> like, gotta be, yeah, yeah. And it was, it was. His guy was a youth pastor for like thirty years, and every summer took their kids to Alto Frio, like the week yeah. after we were there. That's so, awesome. Yeah, we. Yeah, uh, 
I took my family there in twenty summer twenty twenty. Um, had an RV and and I called them up. I'm like, hey, I know y'all have RV spots and it's 2020, but they're like, oh yeah, we're super open. So like we went and stayed there all week, show the girls around. Like the old crossroads, uh, cabin yeah. is like condemned. Like they don't use it anymore. <laughs> they <laughs> built the a couple best. of, yeah, but we talked to just a quick story about that. We talked to a guy who's staying in an RV, like a couple spots over. There are only like three of us, but, yeah. um, older retired pastor and he's like yeah he's like I, I i'm on the board i've been on the board since the beginning blah blah all this stuff um well since he could be and he told us some history about alto Frio that i didn't know he said that that property was purchased from like a farmer uh, guy and the guy did not know the lord like it was just like he was just uh, this grumpy old man and his kids like look you gotta sell it you know, and they, and he's like, I don't, I don't know if I want to sell it to, you know, uh, the church type of stuff. Right. Yeah. So he ended up doing it. And then the first night they opened, they had a big like revival worship time and yeah. he and his family came. That wow. man was the first person saved at Alto Frio wow. came forward <laughs> that night, gave his life to the Lord. Like, I'm like, you couldn't man. write that story better. <laughs> you know? Oh, it gives me chills, man. That's amazing. Yeah. That's amazing. So, I wonder if the guy still yeah. lives in the area. Or I guess it was a long time ago. But yeah, I don't know if he's still alive. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> that property's been there a long time. Yeah. Well, cool, man. Well, mm-hmm. dude, thank you again for coming on the podcast. Yeah, uh, yeah thanks for having me, man. Yeah, it's, it's great to get reconnected with you. I mean, I know we've stayed in touch through the years through Facebook yeah. and stuff, and I've always had nothing but the best thoughts about you, but it's yeah. good to have you on, man. Um, so let's go ahead and get this started. You know, I want yeah. to know more about your story. When uh, when did you become a Christian, and you know, what was your life like uh, before becoming a writer? Yeah, um, man, I, I was raised um, like womb to whole life in, in the church. Thankfully, my parents... Um, strong believers and and I grew up uh, just when the doors were open man we were there about eight years old I, I gave my life to the Lord and then it was a kind of a wow. slow progression of that and about 16 17 is when um, God really placed on my heart to I, I remember distinct I was at a camp in Philadelphia um, and God kept saying like you need to tell your family about Jesus. I'm like, okay, yeah, I'll do it. I'll do it. And then he's like, actually, you need to do more than that. Like, this needs to be what you do. And I'm like, I don't know what wow. you mean. Like, I, and I, I legit like left worship and just had like a fight with God. Cause I'm like, no, I'm going to be an engineer. I'm going to make money. I don't want to be poor pastor, you know, <laughs> you know? <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah. And, and so ended up submitting to that and going off to college, doing that thing and, and getting, degree in in ministry and theology and and serving full-time vocational ministry for over a decade and um and then god kind of was crossroads your first job it was yeah first first job i had started seminary um i just finished my first semester of seminary whenever i I started i moved down here um and I interviewed at a few other churches, but like I, I turned down one or two jobs, um, 
because I was interviewing at Crossroads. I was like, no, that's where I'm supposed to be. And yeah. Radabaugh just didn't know it at the time. Yeah. So, <laughs> <laughs> um, so yeah, I did that. And then, um, through ministry, like I said, served at Crossroads, went to Shreveport, served at Brookwood, uh, and then came back to Crossroads. And, um, after about a year and a half and, and that was just kind of a, that, that's a whole nother podcast of a story of, of just yeah. walking through that. And then, man, 2017 was a whirlwind. Uh, I fell into a budget cut, um, with, uh, yeah. uh, several others. And at that point, God was like, Hey, uh, the word that came to mind was perspective. Yeah. And as an adult, I had not, I had only known being a church staff member. I had not known being a church member, um, just yeah. solely. And so God was like, you're not going to go back into vocational right now. And I didn't know what, mm. what I was going to do. And long story short, I ended up, uh, having, uh, some time to, to interview, to walk through stuff like that and, and pray through that. And, and God provided a job in construction and I managed some, some actually Harvey floods, um, for a guy here and, um, wow. for about a year and a half. Yeah. When you, when you say that, you mean like doing some remodeling? Hur yeah. Hurricane Harvey. Yeah. So we had like 12 houses that flooded and, mm -hmm. um, that we took on, I, I hit the ground running with them the day, the weekend after Harvey hit and I did about yeah. 40 bids in like 30 days. And then we took on 12 <laughs> of those and I managed most of those and, um, and then things kind of ended there and he didn't really have much more. And so God was like, all right, we're going to, we're going to start Bethel construction. So started my own construction company and all this. And then throughout all of that, um, I have a nine, seven and four year old girls. And, wow. um, throughout all of that, man, just That's amazing. them. Yeah. Kind of walking through, they didn't really experience the the separation from the church because they were kind of young my oldest somewhat remembers that um and so thankfully they were kind of shielded from from that um yeah some of those and god really that. yeah because you know we not only lost my job but our our church home our family you know and oh, I, you know i never really yeah. thought about that yeah yeah so it, it was it was a it was a it was a journey <laughs> to say the least. Yeah. And, uh, that, that's, that's for actually another, another book, um, that <laughs> yeah. I'm, I'm working on. Um, but, wow. but God was gracious in that time. And we found an awesome church home here that I'm a house church pastor for now. And, um, that's awesome. Uh, church project here in the woodlands, uh, Jason Shepard. I don't know if you knew him at Woods I've Edge heard of probably. Church project. Yeah. yeah, I've heard of Church Pride. I don't know Jason, but <clears throat> um, he planted it. I think thirteen, fourteen years ago, something like that. Um, but uh, in the midst of all that, you got you got married somewhere along the line. I know you said you yeah, yeah. I mean, I, when I started at Crossroads, yeah, I was um, a, a young single guy with hair, and <laughs> you know, and with then hair. I don't recall. Yeah, with hair. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. But most people are like. <laughs> Really, you you did have hair when you first. I'm like, yes, I had hair. It was great. It's just fallen now. Um, Gravity took over. Moved to the yeah, side. yeah. And um, and so uh, in 2008, I met Lindsay, and we met at a singles ministry at another church, and 
mm-hmm. January 2008. Um, I proposed in may of 2008 and we got married in november 2008 um so it was just yeah it was great and i was just like no this is who i'm marrying and and it was very much opposite of her personality but fits into mine very Mm -hmm. much so um so i was i was thankful for that um and then like i said we have nine seven and and four girls uh, four-year-old girls, um, and they are very different from each other. Uh, surprisingly, it's just amazing how you can have three little kids in the same house, same parents, um, but obviously, you know, born at different stages of our marriage. Um, you know, Anna, Annabelle was was born when I was doing student ministry, and then. Um, shortly after I transitioned into college, young adults, small groups. Um, and so Addie was kind of in the middle of that. Um, and then Averly, she was born when I was doing construction. So she hasn't ever known me to be on church staff, but she's known me as house church pastor now. And that's, that's kind of the world we live in. So, yeah, um, yeah, yeah. Um, but, but yeah, it's, it's, man. I, if, if you would ask me 10 years ago, um, where you thought you'd be, you know, where I thought I'd be, this is, this is not it. Um, necessarily. <laughs> I, I honestly, yeah. t- probably 10 years ago, oh, I probably pastor in a, a church at this point. Right. I don't know. Right. So Isn't that yeah. funny how, how the Lord just does work. I mean, his, his, his will just happens, you know, yeah. in your life. Yeah. And, and I think a lot of, See the, I don't know. I think it's kind of a blessing whenever you um, you see the way he's moving and you kind of orient your life in that direction. But even if you don't, like if you try yeah. to resist that, like the Lord is still God. He's going to have his will yeah. you know, over your life. Yeah. And, Especially, uh, yeah, so when, guess, when that, yeah, when that budget cut came in and, and God said, like I turned down it. I was off being offered a discipleship pastor job at another church and I had to call time. Yeah, and I had to call him and say, "Look, I'm taking my name out, and I don't know why, and I don't know what I'm going to do, but um, wow. thanks for the offer." But and this is no. after the budget cut. Mm-hmm. Man, yeah, that is yeah. So, crazy. so when you don't have a job and you turn down a job, um, your family kind of <laughs> yeah. goes, "What are you doing? <laughs> what are you doing?" Yeah, yeah, no yeah. kidding. Oh my goodness. Well, that's that's amazing how you how you. You know, you had a little side stint, you know, getting into construction, and then uh, I want to know, yeah. okay, so your book yeah. is called, yeah. I think I see it behind D- you there, Did Jesus yeah. Wear Undies, is that right? Did Jesus Wear Undies, yeah. There it is. A Parent's Guide to Answering Big Bible Questions for Little Ears. I love it. Um, I love it. So how did you end up writing this book? What inspired it? Man, um, so my oldest has been talking um, forever, it seems like. And as soon as she could ask questions, she was asking questions. And I remember, um, did Jesus wear undies was one of the very first ones that made me stop and think. And I told Lindsay, I was like, I'm going to start. She, she was just asking all these questions. I'm going to keep track of these because I want to make sure I answer them all. Um, well, and then after I got like a small list going, I, for a couple of years, I told her, I was like, I'm not going to write a book about these. And then she's like, you, you should. And I was like, well, yeah, I mean, I'll, you know, 
just I'll write yeah. a book about it. And so I kept track, kept track, kept, and I mean, right now the number is pushing sixty questions that I have on this document. Wow. And wow. yeah, and so what really pushed me to do it was. So a question like, did Jesus wear undies? People hear that and it's like, oh, that's a that's a silly question about Jesus and underwear and all this stuff. And yeah, he, he probably yeah. wore Superman underwear, you know, uh, okay. kind of thing. Or he had his own, you know, a cross on there instead of, you know, <laughs> Superman symbol. Um, <laughs> right, right. Yeah, you know, but, but my background being in student ministry, college, young adults, and having a, a theological degree... I would have long discussions and and questions. I mean, not like this specifically, but um, yeah. but those types of conversations with people, and I could have a long conversation, and and we could answer and discuss and dialogue. Right. Well, yeah. when I have a five year old who asks a question, "Did Jesus wear undies?" All of a sudden, God was like, "This is your opportunity." to to speak truth into your daughter's life in a way that you didn't think you could. Because you take a question like did Jesus wear undies and you say, "You know what? Let's that's a great question, sweetie, because what that is showing me is that you see that Jesus was human. But what's mm. awesome is that not only was he human, but he's also God. And so yeah. even though he was God and he came and he took on you know, a body. Yeah. yeah he wore the garments of the time. Right. And so you yeah. get to talk about the humanity, but also the holiness and the Godhead of, of who Jesus is. Right. Um, right. From a simple, silly question from a five-year-old that's, yeah. Did Jesus wear undies? Because, yeah. you know, a, another level of question that comes from that is around the same time, back of the van, dri- you know, driving my minivan in traffic, and I hear, hey, hey, Daddy, did God die on the cross? It's like, mm-hmm. well, here you go. You know, it's like you have a Trinitarian discussion <laughs> with a five, six-year-old, but here's the thing. Yes. You, you don't have hours to sit there and discuss like you would a, a high school, college, young adult anything like that. Yes. You got, you got two pressure. minutes. Yeah. Yeah. You got yeah. two minutes. So like, I was like, Oh my goodness, I got to boil down all my education, all my experience yeah. into this one little thing and spew that onto this young girl and hope she gets it. I'm like, or I could teach her in a way that is like building blocks of faith to where it's like, yeah, little by little. Right. Yeah. The, the yeah. Jesus were undies. I can, I can, I can do that in two minutes. Did God die on the cross? I can do a two-minute, here-you-go nugget and yeah. then come back to it and come mm-hmm. back to it again and build on those yeah. things. Yeah, like follow yeah. up with that question a short while later or maybe later right. in the evening when you're brushing, brushing teeth or laying in right. bed at night or something. Yeah, because yeah. that, that's kind of how I, how I structured the book is I got parent terms, which is mm-hmm. the thick of it, yeah. kid terms, two-minute drill, right? And then you have, why is it true? Here's, here's more scripture to, to back that up. And then here's how you revisit the truth. And so questions that come from that answer, you know, or, or you have older kids, here's how you dive a little deeper into that and come back Mm. to it later. So, 
Yeah. And I love that. That seems so thoughtfully laid out. I, I think that's, yeah. that's wonderful. You know, I think, uh, one of the things on this podcast as we continue to do episodes is I just want to continue mm-hmm. to, you know, insist, uh, you know, that part of being a defiant dad, being a dad that pushes mm-hmm. against, you know, our current culture, uh, and all the negative messages that come from it, like you have to be based in the bedrock truth of scripture. Mm-hmm. You know, because everything else in the world around us is going to change. It's fickle. You know, it's good one moment. It's not good a moment. The thing that's yeah. always true and is always good is the truth of Scripture. And even in the question like, did Jesus wear undies? You know, you, yeah. you, you know, yeah. you can use that moment, like you say, to to talk about the, the, the God, fully God and fully human nature of Christ. Right. Um, mm-hmm. And that's just a conversation. And that, one thing I love about that, too, like... Is these are conversations that not every family, even every Christian family, is going to have. You know, yeah. so you are really building your kid up for the future in a way that so few families are. Yeah, and I just think yeah. it's a beautiful thing. And and um, it so, and it's actually it's caused a a little, I guess, bigger antenna in me as well as far as like trying to listen more to my kids and other kids, and, you know, because I because this is a. You know, did Jesus wear undies? Subtitle: A Parent's Guide. You know, it's not a. This is not a children's book. It's a no. parent's guide to answering big Bible questions for little ears, and and so like hearing parents and as you know, moms and dads and and grandparents that are you know maybe helping raise kids that you know, maybe the parents of those grandkids aren't following the Lord and they're just, and these grandparents are just trying to speak truth into these kids' lives. And it's like, I want to, I want to resource you as best I can. I want to help you break this down because they're catching information from everywhere that are just lies. Absolutely. You know, absolutely. Yeah. 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 I, there's a, there's a phrase that I use a lot with friends and I've, I've been using a lot in the last six months with this, with, friends and with family you know as my my i have two children i have a five-year-old son and a two-year-old daughter two and now my oh son, my gosh yeah I two i know man i don't yeah. know as time but as we we've started talking about schooling and stuff like there's a phrase mm-hmm. i use a lot and it's just that like like now i respect that there's a lot of room for you know personal preference and what's best for your family in this mm-hmm. but like there's the thing i've been saying a lot is that um especially as it affects my son is that Public school is way different than it used to be. You know, mm-hmm. like I grew up going to public my whole life. My wife did too. Um, but the things that were normal, that were common, the things that we talked about, the things that I would write about in the school paper, the things that, you know, we believe just aren't really held anymore. You know, and if they yeah. are, they're, they're, they're minimized, you know, or shunned. And, you know, that's a whole different can of worms I don't really want to get into. But yeah. I do, I do want to say, like, I, I, it's good that we are equipping that you have such a heart for equipping your children and parents for the future, Mm -hmm. you know? Um, because I think if, if we're going to have any sort of success in, um, in pushing back against culture, then, uh, in a way that's faithful to the Lord and faithful to scripture, then we have to know the scripture to begin with. Hmm. Um, and that's a challenge to me, you know, cause like I can, I was telling this to my small group this week, like I, I can I know the Bible, right? Like I know the mm-hmm. arc of it. I know all the answers to a lot of these questions, you know, like fully God and fully man and things like that, but like I do not know the chapter and verse as well as I mm. should. Hmm. You know what I mean? Or yeah. like 
Or like if you were to ask me, like, could you write down the full arc of this book of the Bible or like the full context? I couldn't. Right. You know, and those things that didn't seem as important to me as a young believer, now as a believer raising little believers, hopefully, you know, uh, that seems so paramount to me. You right. Know? Uh, and so, I don't know. I think it's beautiful what you're doing with this book, man. Yeah. Thank you. Thank you. Yeah. Um, so what's... What's the process like for, for when your child asks you a question that you're not, like, prepared for? You know, when they stop the hard kind of questions. <laughs> yeah. Um, man, one of, one of the things that uh, – so I didn't mention this earlier, but my, my wife, Lindsay, is uh, – she's an LPC. She practices here in the Woodlands. At, um, mm-hmm. And uh, she's been doing that for, gosh, just over 10 years now. Um and one of the things I've learned from her being a counselor is when she when she hears comments or whatever it might be from um, stories from her clients and stuff, one of the things I started to notice her overlapping as in mom role is affirming that you hear your child. Hmm. Like, I, I think one of the things that God continues to work in me is, um, is that God has, God has given me and Lindsay, these children to steward, you know, right. Mm -hmm. And so if they ask a question, little or big, um, take the time to hear it and process it because I, I learned early on in, in marriage and Lindsay and I had this discussion years ago before kids that like, if I was sitting there watching football and she started talking to me, one of the things we realized she, she would get frustrated because I like middle of conversation here. And I'm like, okay, here's new rule. Like if I'm zoned in here, you gotta like say my name and make sure, like, I got to turn away. Like, I'm not yeah. hearing you type of thing. And so that <laughs> yeah. same thing kind of translated for me into parenthood and and fathering my girls well to be like, when they address me, like, if I'm doing something, I'm focused on it and I need to go, okay, they said something. Oh, ask me again, sweetie, what's going on? Yeah. Um, and then when they ask those questions, like, I, I I love that you're thinking that. That's a great question, man. You've been you've been thinking about that a long time. Like that, those types of affirmations, for me, and well for them, encourages them to continue to ask questions. Because one of the things I didn't want to happen is I didn't want them to stop asking. I didn't yeah, want I've... them not and not because like they didn't like my answers, but but because they're like, oh, daddy doesn't have time. Daddy, daddy yeah, doesn't that, care that about hurts, my questions. And that hurts, that hurts way worse. Yeah. Yeah. And so I, I have to be present and mindful that, okay, they are asking me these questions for a reason. And that reason is because they trust my answers. They, God has placed them in my home and they have learned to trust me and they've learned to trust lens and, and others in our lives. But like, they're going to go to mom and dad with these questions Unless they learn, oh, they don't have time or they scold me for asking questions or, you know, I have, I have one, my oldest daughter's, um, was, was baptized a couple of years ago and, and just, you know, walking her through 
things of the faith. Um, yeah. Like I have to remember she is, she might be nine years old, but she is a toddler in her faith. And yes. so I need to, I need to stop. I need to slow down and I need to get right here with them yeah. and hear it. So, yeah. yeah. Wow. Yeah. That's, yeah, that's, we, we as parents have such, um, all the cliches, you know, that I heard growing up as a Christian, you know, I became to know the Lord when I was 12, uh, in, mm-hmm. in 1999 and, um, all the, all the cliches I heard about parenting, you know, as a junior high youth kid at Crossroads and then mm-hmm. in college coming across other young families, like, you know, when I'd have older men, like, you know, mentoring me or just talking to me about life, you'd hear things like this about just how, um, how when you're teaching your children about the scriptures or when you're correcting them, you're honestly teaching yourself these things too, mm-hmm. you know, like, <laughs> you know, yeah. it's, and it's so humbling because the, the mistakes that your children make, you should not speak so harshly to your sister or something like that. Or you need to be gentle. And I'm like, Oh man, I struggle with this on a daily basis. He's learning. these yeah. things from me. Yeah. Yeah. You no, know, they're just, it's yeah. so humbling. Mm-hmm. And you see, yeah. I, I have seen more of my need for grace as mm-hmm. a parent, um, than I ever saw before. Yeah. Um, you know, hundred percent. And I thought, you know, six years ago before we were, you know, expecting my firstborn, like that I had spiritual, you know, Christian spiritual life, whatever figured out, you know, like I knew the mm-hmm. Bible and yes, I was working on fighting the sin and I wasn't proud of my sin and all these things like I, and I was, I was growing as a Christian, but then mm-hmm. I have kids and it's like, all the cliches are true. Yeah. <laughs> like, it, yeah. And even feels cliche to say that, but it's true. Yeah. Like, <laughs> yeah. That's one of the things. Lens and I get to do uh, premarital counseling to get, like, if I do a wedding or something like that, typically we do the yeah. premarital counseling. And, and one of the things we tell people is, like, you don't realize how selfish you are until you get married. And then you realize how selfish you still are when you have kids. Like, oh, there, man, there's just this, this level, you know? Yeah. Yeah, you it's know, crazy. I, and you're right, the grace, my, that's what, man, uh, You know, I used every to pride day. myself on having, having a long fuse, you know, and, and I think I mm-hmm. am a pretty chill guy, you know, pretty go with the yeah. flow in a lot of ways, but I am so, the thing I've been so uh, convicted of lately for the last few months is like how impatient I tend to be with my children, you know, mm. like I, I, uh, I tend to just rush them about mm-hmm. things like, come on, hurry up. Let's get in the car. Why does it take 20 minutes to get in the car? <laughs> you know, why does it take 20 minutes to put our shoes on? Like, no, we can't, we can't go for a roller skate right now or go for right. a bike ride right now. We're leaving. We got to be at school in eight minutes. Like, you know, right. things like that. And when I'm at my best, I'm patient. I'm like, oh. nobody, like, no baby, we can't go right now. But the other times I'm usually, yeah. honestly, like three out of five, four out of five times, like, come on, get in the car guys. Let's go. Let's go. Yeah. Like, yeah. And that, oh, I hate that. Like, and then I, and even still, like as we're trying to get into bedtime, it's nine o'clock and my kids are still mm. awake, and I'm just mm-hmm. no, we can't read a, you know four books, <laughs> just one book each, yada yada, you know, yeah. and it's so all the compromises, yeah. Oh man, and I'm such like an an accomplishment minded person. Like I, mm. I hate opening tasks and not completing them, and so like I'm trying to get my kids to bed. The, my mind mm. is focused not on building them up at that time and not on shepherding right. them, but on accomplish sleep. Goal. It's like yes. my mindset. Like, and I, and I have get to bed. To, yeah. Oh man, and I just and they fall asleep, and I just feel like the biggest jerk. Like, yeah. oh my goodness. So yeah. And I tell you, man, those, it, those those times at bed is some 
you know, some were these questions, obviously, because, you know, kids don't have questions until it's like you're trying to turn the light out. Right. And that's where a good chunk of these these questions came from. And even like my my oldest, um, I mean, I remember it vividly of like, okay, rush, you know, get to bed, girls. It's late, blah, blah, blah. And, and we, you know, we read, we prayed and, and I was talking to the other one and, and all of a sudden my oldest is like, daddy, I just want you to know, like, I just talked to God and I just prayed and I gave my life to him. And like, this is after a long, like battle for bedtime. (laughs) (laughs) And I'm like lens you know and i was like we're staying up for this you know like and just seeing yes. those times like i could have been like okay we'll talk about it in the morning right but it's like well, the, God, yeah. i'm so thankful the spirit just said sit on the bed right now you know um wow and finding man, those a- finding those moments are man good i speaking of like the questions in the cars and stuff like that i i've i've tried to be mindful in driving my kids around especially like long trips we bought an rv last year and so we do some trips and stuff like that and i'm just like i want to i want to make that less of how i used to be of like okay what's my eta on google maps say oh i'm beating that you know like like no like yeah you're not not 20 years old anymore (laughs) right let's make some experiences on on this time because there's going to be very few times in X amount of years that we get to have these times and opportunities for them to be essentially trapped in the car with us to where they're processing and they, and they are comfortable enough to ask us questions. Yeah. 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 Well, you know, you only have so much time, you know, the, another cliche, the days are long, but the years are short, you know, Mm -hmm. you know, my son starts kindergarten here in the fall and I'm just like, I, I can remember your first cry in the operating mm. room like mm. and now you're starting kindergarten like yeah man man puts a tear to my eye okay so yeah moving on here yep. uh, yeah because i could i could talk to you about this forever um, yeah man you know are there any questions that you said you have a nine seven or four year are there any questions that you've like shied away from i know you want to list you always want to listen and acknowledge your daughter's questions um yeah because you, know, you want them to take the questions even the hard ones the sticky questions the awkward questions to you mm-hmm. what do you do if you have one that's you know yeah sensitive you know um (laughs) thankfully i i i would think i think at at first when i started to hear questions probably more so on the um side that has to do with um gender and just bodies changing and stuff like that like I mean, for yeah. me, I got three daughters, so the conversations have been had with them of like, no, you can't shower with daddy, you know, stuff like that. And yeah, so, told. okay, why, yeah. you know? And and thankfully, like I said, Lens, um, Lens has you know had some good discussions with our oldest and mm-hmm. and kind of stair stepped for the other two, you know, in appropriate ways. Um, yeah. And so, I'm trying to make sure that when being being a girl dad like um when those questions 
that I'm because I'm one of three boys. When those female questions, okay, come up, I I don't want to make them think they can't talk to me about that. Right, and so I've I've just tried to, uh, and I've had to catch myself, and I I haven't done perfectly of just like, yeah, you know what, you know that, you know, just kind of allow them to ask and and if i don't know the answer you know what hey let let's talk to my not go talk to your mother but let's talk because i want them to see that i want to learn too because i want to be involved in their whole world i love that um and like i said i i don't do that perfectly because there are times like mentally if i if i don't check in fully it Mm -hmm. the response would be go ask your mother or man i just you know, I can't process that right now, you know, type of thing. But like what I'm trying to do and make a discipline is like, no, hey, okay, let's go talk to your mom about that. Like, let's learn that together. Um, yeah. Because let me I tell you, that. I don't know everything about girls and all that stuff, you know, and, <laughs> you know, I'm just like, a great question. Let's Google it. No, let's not do that. Yeah. Let's not Google it. Yeah. 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 yeah hey, I love, ask, I can I ask that. Siri? No, you cannot. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Please, definitely not. Yeah. Please not ask Siri. Yeah, that's funny. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I love yeah. that, that mindset of partnering with your child and taking them to the expert. You mm-hmm. know, uh, you know, whether it's your wife or the Bible or you know, yeah, yeah. That's what's uh, so. What's the funniest question you've you've been asked? I mean, oh, Jesus Wearandies is pretty pretty up there. Yeah, that that's up there. Um, it doesn't have to be in the book. Like it could be just right. <laughs> oh gosh, um, I mean. They they've asked things, just random like, "Hey, does does God live in the sewer?" Like, because like you know like our we'll be walking and I see like know what the si- that. yeah because we were walking by and I think something almost fell into the sewer hole or something like that and 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 they're just like does God live in there? It's like okay, well actually here's a question about the omnipresence of of the Lord. You know, <laughs> you know, a, a simple yeah. kind of thing. Yeah. It's like well. In a way, yes, because he's everywhere, and they're like, "But that's gross, you know." And and then you start kind of trickling off onto, does he live in the toilet? Does you know, like all these different things, right? And so, uh, yes, yeah. yeah, the yeah. imagination can just <laughs> go. Yeah, yeah, especially so. when your your child, you know, like your four year old, is at the you know the potty joke stage. Yes, you know, yes, like my they, son is, you know. Yes. Do you live in and, the poopy <laughs> Yeah, yeah. And and once they once they really all kind of grabbed hold of, oh, dad dad keeps track of these. And then once the book came out, they're like, ooh, I want another one in the book. Because so all of all three of mine, yeah, they're trying to come up with the the next best question, right? <laughs> I love it. I love and, it. And uh, all three of them do have my my youngest has she got two in, and then the other two, it's kind of a uh, mix bag in there uh, but yeah they're um all all vying for the next one because you know, of course one of them uh my oldest is the one who asked did jesus wear undies so she likes to make sure people know well my mine made the title you know Ooh, <laughs> yeah yeah you I know like yeah <laughs> well so. i hear if I, reading between the lines i hear you saying that you need yep. to write a sequel uh, uh, part well, two. Yeah, and that, yeah, that, <laughs> yeah. that's the, the, the plan is kind of volume two, volume three. Hopefully, I was, I was gearing for maybe this year, but 
for at least the next one. Uh, I don't know. So Dave Edwards did my foreword, and Dave is on staff here at Church Project. He's been in ministry for, gosh, 30-some years. He's written over 30 books. And when I asked him to do the foreword, he was just like, yes, like, absolutely. Like, didn't even read it. He's just like, yes, I'll do it. I'm like, dude, thanks so much, you know. And and then after he read through it and – man, he made me look good in that forward. I'm like, Oh, okay, cool. You know? Um, but, um, he's just like, no, he's like, you got more questions, right? I was like, yeah, I only put 20 in the book. Um, and, uh, he's like volume two, volume three, volume four. Cause I've actually started to build the list with, um, questions from other kids. Um, <laughs> friends, family, actually this, this last weekend, Lens and I were at a wedding out in South Carolina and we were walking, uh, and I heard a kid, um, he's sitting down on the bench and we were walking by and her, I heard him say, so dad, when God makes the new heaven and earth. And so like, right then I'm like walking by, I'm like, oh hey what's going on here yeah and so you know his question was you know what um when god makes a heaven new heaven and new earth um are the people who um were dead like coming to and i and and so i was like hey you know i kind of approached the dad with him you know he's there with his kids multiple kids and um i was like you know, just kind of introduce myself. I'm like, that's a great question, man. Uh, you care if I like write it down? I'm put it in a podcast, maybe in a book later. And he's like, in a book, you know, he's 11 year old boy, you know? And so like, I've just kept track of those. And, and so it was real cool just to have those discussions, um, randomly with people. But I've had friends now just like, Hey, um, so-and-so just asked this, uh, what you got, you know? And so we'll have discussions and things, uh, with friends, but then I'll be like, Hey, I'm going to put that on the list. And, and I put the kid's name and age and just to, because w- the next one will have that in there be like, Hey, you want to send in your kid's questions? That's um, great. Here you go. Yeah. That's amazing. Well, yeah. um, I got just a few more questions for you. you yeah. know, I think part of the thing that caused me to want to start this podcast, the defiant dad mm-hmm. podcast was, uh, you know, I, we have this cultural norm right now where spiritual matters – we see this like even within the church. You know, mm-hmm. spiritual matters uh, traditionally, let's say, if you think of like the Christian family, like a lot of the driving behind <coughs> bringing your kids to church and raising yeah. them up in a Christian way, like culturally, I think in America anyway, that's a, a lot of that has fallen on the women. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, we like, it's, it's not uncommon. I mean, you worked in an adults ministry too. Like you see men come to church reluctantly or they come just because their wife makes them come, uh, their eyes yeah. glaze over, you know, or even, even men who know the Lord and who love the Lord, you know, coming, but then they maybe take a backseat to their wives' leadership, uh, in, mm-hmm. in some things or all things. I, I think, is it impo- is it important? You know, like where do you where do you is it important for the men to be? Hundred percent. You know, there. Um, man, um, one of my favorite things to do is to do a wedding, um, and to do a wedding with folks that love the Lord, because uh, we walk through passages, you know, uh, that that say. Um, stuff that, that people don't like to hear. And one is, you know, husbands love your wives 
as Christ loved the church. Mm-hmm. Um, and women, submit to your husbands. But it is also in that whole passage talking about submitting to one another. Yeah. Okay? And so yeah. we we represent Christ and the church coming together in marriage. And um, my, my role is to live a life like Christ lived for his church. And that means, one, if I have to physically give up my life for my family, for my bride, um, I do that. Um, But I'm also called to lead her. um, And and that, that does not look like me dragging her around bossing her around, um, you know, telling her how to do all these things. I lead her to the cross. I lead her to the throne room. I lead her to the word and we dive into that together. Um, you know, studies show that it's, it's, exponentially different for a family if if the father just comes to church with with them in a, in mm-hmm. the sense of how you know family households coming to the lord now oh, if wow. a, if a father actively leads that family like it doesn't have to be an in-depth bible study it doesn't have to be hey let's read through this commentary just like if you're speaking scripture to your kids, if yeah. if you are showing patience and grace and love, we we have a a family um, a vision statement. Okay, um, mm-hmm. we love, encourage, and equip each other, all those we come in contact with, mm. by the power of the Holy Spirit, for the glory of the kingdom of God. And, and so when our girls are going after her, or if we are evaluating how we're functioning as, um, a couple or even a whole family of like, is that loving? Is that encouraging? Did that equip somebody? Um, and so as a husband, I love, I encourage and I equip my wife Hmm. so that she can follow the Lord more closely. Um, yeah. It's always been a weird thought of like, I'm, I'm called to love the Lord more than anything else. Yeah. Including my wife. Yeah. Uh, but when I love the Lord more and when I dive into time with him more, I'm able to love my wife more and love my children more and love my neighbor more. Isn't that a magic? Uh, and, it's a wonderful thing. Like, yeah. It's just like, oh, that okay, so I go to the source of love, I go to the source of truth and, and hope, and that increases my in ability to have that overflow out of me to others. Yeah. Yeah, you know, like the Lord pours into you through his word and through prayer, you know, and yeah. you then have something that you can pour out yeah. to your family. But to, to speak to your uh, question more about just that, leading since like I think one of the things the enemy, the world wants is chaos. We, we serve a God of order and, and people don't like that because, um, order to some means restriction, you know, like if I say I'm, I'm a believer, Oh, that means 
you can't have fun anymore. It's like, no, I, ha- yeah. I have freedom. I am, yeah. I'm free from all these things. And there's grace in all these things. And you know what? You're right. I'm not going to do those things. I'm not going to live in such a way, but not because I, I can't, but because I don't want to, because that's not the best for me. That's not what God has designed me for. Um, yeah. God has designed me to, to live in such a way that, that others would follow me and right. them following me, i.e. My, my family, that would be beneficial for them. So you're asking, are you a man worth following? Yeah, 100%. Yeah. 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 What would you say? What would you say to a man? I love that, by the way. What would you say to you and I are blessed in that we have uh, godly wives. You know, we have wonderful women mm-hmm. who are who are counterparts to us in so many ways. Um, mm-hmm. And it's just a, a beautiful thing. I think that you and I both have going on. Um, what would you say to a man who, you know, who may be unequally yoked, you know, or a man who's uh, been a believer a lot longer than his wife or a wife who's resistant to his leadership, uh, uh, attempts, you know, or mm-hmm. anything like that. Like I wouldn't say necessarily, I mean, or even hostile, I write hospital to the gospel, mm-hmm. you know, Yeah. what would, what would you say? Um, that he should be on his knees more than he's in discussion with her. Mm. Uh, because his, his time before the Lord, um, begging and pleading, is going to do more than him trying to convince or argue with, um, because the the battle is not flesh and blood, right? Our our battle is spiritual, hmm. and and that's what he's fighting. She is fighting against the movement of the spirit in her life, um, yeah. and the same same would go for you know a wife to a husband, but. Yeah, if a, if a man is is trying to lead, then obviously um, that spirit of defiance has been there from the garden. I mean, that's what we see. Is I mean, you know, God God tells Eve in response to sin, like, "Hey, he's he's going to be the head over you, and you're you're going to fight against that forever." Yeah, because that's part of. Of, of the sin nature, right? Yeah. yeah. And and so that man needs to go before the Lord and be on his knees day and night. Not not in a showy way in front of her, outwardly praying. No. Uh, you know, I'm just going to lay hands on you. you know? No. <laughs> no. Yeah. You go in your prayer closet. Yeah. You find a space and you go before the Lord. Yeah. 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 Would you say the same, I suppose, then for children as well? Yeah, you know, that's like what, children, yeah, I was for, just going to say. Children, yeah. young and old. Yeah, I, I think um, one of the, the strongest convictions I've had in the last couple of years is, like, how how am I really praying for my kids? And what am I praying specifically for them? And um, am, I, am I praying that they're just good kids, or am I praying that they are 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 girls that will grow up to to be women who run after Jesus in a way that I never knew I could. Mm. Um, and I, I heard it a few years ago, a professor at Southwestern, um, and um, 
he said, what would it be like if instead of uh, praying and thinking and saving for your kid, can you hear my kids screaming? I'm laughing. Yeah, it's okay. Yeah, <laughs> I, love that. I was like, they're, they're downstairs even. Um, <laughs> and um, But uh, he said, what if instead of saving up for college and saving up for all this stuff, um, you started to pray and save that when your kid graduated high school, that they were prepared and ready to say, I'm going to go serve in this country and thank you for saving up the money for me to do so for the next two years. And I don't have to, I don't have to worry about money and not, not only saying I'm going to send my kid to go serve the Lord in a country that maybe I can't even go visit them in, but maybe I never see them again. Mm-hmm. Maybe I'm, I'm sending them away to be martyred for the, the gospel. Ooh. And this is before I had kids. I'm like, oh, yeah, I can pray for that. And then I held my little girl. I'm like, heck no. (laughs) But that. Leaving this driveway. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. But like over time, like that has been something that God has just pressed on me. Just like I have to pray that these girls are servants of the Lord before they are my safe, secured little girls. They are not mine. Yeah. Um, I am I am called to prepare them to go out into the world. Hmm. Yeah. Man, I love that. That's it's hard. A great conversation. <laughs> yeah, it is hard. Yeah. It is hard. It is hard. Yeah. I, I you know, I'm just terrified just thinking of my son going off to school, you know, and he's going to a Christian mm. private school. Like, yeah. you know, I probably have yeah. almost nothing to worry about, but goodness. And then when you talk about well, one day he's going to grow up, and one day he may go to school, mm-hmm. or one day he may go be a missionary, or one day he may start a business. He's not going to be under this mm-hmm. roof anymore. And I, I oh, yeah. it gives me palpitations just thinking about yeah. it. Yeah. Oh, man. <laughs> okay, so I want to ask you one more serious question, and then we'll, go mm-hmm. on, we'll finish up yep. with a few funny questions I want to ask all my guests. Yep. What, when you hear the word defiant, what does it mean mm-hmm. to you? Salmon. Salmon. Swimming, up, <laughs> swimming upstream. Um, like when you, when you see that happening, you're just like, what are you doing, man? Just go with the flow. It's so much easier. Yeah. But they know. Yeah. It's like, no, they know I'm going to defy the flow of this water and I'm doing this because this is best for me. And this is where I have to go. I have to do this or I die. Yeah. This is my purpose. Go down here, boom, swim back up. That's that's what I do. Wow. And yeah, it'd be so much easier for me to just go, oh, man, I'm just going to go down the river. Mm, I love that. I love yeah. that. So in closing, let's do a few fun questions here. What's a yeah. book other than the Bible that's significantly affected your growth as a believer? I was ready for this. Yeah. The Mind of Christ by okay. T.W. Hunt. Okay. Okay. Um, man. Um, he write, he wrote this, started working and writing on it, gosh, 50 years ago. Uh, he's since passed and with the Lord. Um, but, uh, I don't know. Do you, you know, I don't know anything about T.W. Hunt. No. So, um, uh, gosh, um, Monroe, Jimmy Monroe. Uh huh. Okay. Uh, Okay. That's his grandpa. Oh, wow. Okay. Yeah. And he was a seminary professor at Southwestern for like 24, 25 years. Um, okay. Just phenomenal. 
but he writes it in a way that is just him walking through this process of like, wow, we are, we are called to seek first his kingdom and his righteousness yeah. and all these things will be added unto you. Right. Mm. Uh, Matthew six thirty three, And he talks about, I had to, I had to have God fix my wanter, what I wanted in life because mm. I should only want him. Mm. And when I want him and him alone, and my mind is focused on him, all these things will be added unto you. All the things you need. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, that that right there is is one of the big challengers that I'm actually I'm I'm rereading through it yeah. uh, right now. I'm gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna try I'm and gonna find that book. Yeah. I love that. Yeah, I love the concept yeah. of that. You know, and I need I as a young believer, as a teenager, I would take that verse out of context so much. You mm-hmm. know, or. Yeah, you know, maybe the context was right, I suppose, but like my understanding of it was off. You know, I would say, yeah. oh well, if I want to be, you know, highly successful, you know, rich, famous, whatever, you know, then yeah. I need to fo- commit my ways to the Lord and everything I ever want. All my wild, you know, like vote for Pedro. All, all my the dream. dreams will come yeah. true. <laughs> you know? Yeah, or yeah, you know, I can do all things through Christ who gives me strength. Well, yeah, let's look too. at the context of that. Yeah, this is contentment, yeah. right? Yeah. Yeah. So in the mind of yeah. Christ by T.W. Hunt. I'm going to look that up. Yep. What yeah. is your most controversial opinion about food or a specific dish? I'll tell you, my, my previous guest told me he thought mm-hmm. chocolate was abhorrent, which just blew my mind. What? I know. Wow. Like, and I didn't even, I didn't even know that when I asked him the question, you know, I just thought it was yeah. a fun question to get to know my guests a little better, but yeah. Yeah. So, so well, I want to know, I mean, it doesn't have to be that yeah. one, but you know, I, well this, I mean, in the South, I'm going to, I'm going to take hate for this. I'm going to take okay. any and all tea, sweet tea and throw it in the trash. I just sweet I don't I don't I don't even want to be in a house that is brewing tea because the <laughs> smell makes me gag. Wow, um, sweet and or then, sweet. Yeah, tea Chai in general. Tea, all of it. Yeah, oh, throw goodness. it away. That oh, and pickles, no. throw them in the trash. Pickle, okay, pickles. Pickle. Okay. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> That's funny. That's a shame because I do I do like uh I do I, you know, I've had to pull back on the sweet tea, you know, now that I'm mm. Mid, mid upper thirties, like yeah, you can't do sweet tea from Chick Fil A. That's two hundred and fifty dollars. You don't, you don't need. Yeah, you don't I'll need. Get the, I'll get the unsweet and I'll put the sweet go. in it for sure. There you, you know, go. Cancer. There powder, you go. So yeah, uh, <laughs> that's that's better. Um, yeah. So all right, that's that's interesting. What? Um, yeah. I I was just thinking. I just left my cup of tea in the house before coming <laughs> to the office. Darn. Okay. Well, I'm glad I didn't yep. have it in front of you. Didn't want to be offensive. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Okay. So last question here. I'm going to be putting you into a barehanded fight to the death. Uh, you seem pretty mm-hmm. strong. You know, I know you do a lot of working out and stuff. Uh, if you win, you're going to receive great fame and fortune. However, you, mm-hmm. get pick, you have to pick your opponent. Would you rather fight against a single horse-sized duck or 100 duck-sized horses? <sighs> oh, man. Um I I think I would go with the the single horse-sized duck only okay. because I think I'll, I mean ducks aren't small and if there's a hundred of those uh mm-hmm. man I, I I I don't know I don't know how I could do that but I think I could manhandle a horse-sized duck yeah mm. Yeah, that's yeah. interesting. You know, because I've thought about that. Like, what if they? Yeah. 
If the, if horses can kick really hard. That's the thing that, yeah. that scares me about, you know, and a duck-sized horse yeah. is, what, eight, 18 inches tall-ish, 12 to 18 yeah. inches tall. They can bite you, you too. Yeah. I mean, so imagine like a terrier with the strength of a horse. Oh, gosh, you. yeah. I mean, you know, they could they could take you down. Uh, yeah, I definitely going with the, the horse-sized it's duck. It's not like you have yeah. a machete or something. You know, right, you right. Machete, well, take You're just a, take swinging that thing. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> absolutely. Yeah, I think okay. I think I could get after that duck, though, because... You know, it could fl- it it would have some good sized wings if it's horse sized, but yes. but I think I could uh, deal with the beak and go for that throat. I think <laughs> yes, know. okay, put a little chokehold <laughs> on it, maybe. Yeah, yes. absolutely. I like it. I like it. Well, Ryan, dude, it's been yeah. such a pleasure. Thank you so much yeah, for coming on the podcast. Thank uh, one you, of my very dude. First guest. It means a lot. Uh, this book is yeah. great, man. I'm gonna I'm gonna check it out for sure. I saw absolutely. it. So tell tell us again the name of the book where we can find yeah. it. So yeah, did Jesus wear undies? You can find it on on Amazon. Um, yeah, I think it's fourteen ninety nine on there. You can do uh, ebook version if that's your jam. Um, mm-hmm. And soon I'll be recording uh, the audio uh, Ooh, book that. version for that. Um, and it, and it breaks up nice. Like you don't have to sit. You could sit and read it in an afternoon if you wanted to. Type of thing. There's twenty yeah. questions. Um, but yeah, you you can find that on Amazon and um, send it to a friend. Send it to friends who whose kids are asking all the questions and and all that. And I'll be, um, I'll, man, I'll be inviting you onto my podcast as well because I'm, I'm pairing this with a podcast to answer questions that aren't in the book, questions that yeah. are coming in, um, and just kind of walk through, like we kind of talked about. Hey, what's that process of of getting these questions, answering them, mm-hmm. and continuing the conversation. I think that's wonderful. I did see, yeah, I think man. I saw on your Instagram last week, you have this book in mm-hmm. a few physical stores. Well, I need to clarify that because people uh, didn't notice it in my in the picture, real small. And it's like, I think you put it too small. I said, these may have fallen out of my bag onto oh. the shelf. Uh, so I was like, I'm going to put it next to Louis Giglio and all that stuff. Oh, and so people were like, oh, congratulations. I was like, oh, people don't see that. But like my family oh, were yes. like, yeah, my family, they knew. They're just like, he's not in a store. Because uh, we were we had layovers in the airport. So I was like, let's go yes. to the bookstores. Well, you know? that's what threw me off because I saw you're in the Dallas Love Field Airport, and I was like, yeah. hey, that's my airport that I fly out of all the time. <laughs> that's awesome. <Yeah. laughs> I should have looked, looked for your book because I was there like yeah. the day before. I was like, oh, oh man, yeah. Book. Yeah, I was going to leave some in there. I gave, I gave some away to found some, some families in, in, oh, uh, with kids and stuff. I'm like, hey, you know, you all want a free book? And, and uh, they're like, yeah, what is it? And, and then they like turn it over. They're like, oh, that's you. I'm like, yeah, here you go, you know. So I cool. uh, saw a guy with a shirt that just said Holy Spirit on it and stopped him. And he was going to a revival in Tulsa um, wow. and uh, gave him one. And I dropped one off in one of those like free little uh, exchange book libraries that was at the but, uh, beach uh, out there, mm-hmm. South oh, Carolina. That. And, and uh, I just want, like I said, you know, I if I sell a million copies of it, great. Because that means it's in the hands of a million different people and because right. I, I wanted to resource people. I want to help parents, grandparents, anybody who's speaking truth into the lives of, of kids. Like here, yeah. here's, here's something that can help. So, yeah. 
Well, if any of my listeners wanted to interact with you more, wanted to find mm-hmm. you, send you a question, how can they do that? Uh, so Ryan at didjesuswearundies.com. Uh, and you can check out ryangentles.com um, and you can send in stuff there. Uh, you can um, see, just, you can order the book from there if you want to. At Ryan, it's R-Y-A-N-G-E-N-T-L-E-S, gentle with an S. Um, dot com. So, yeah. Awesome. Awesome. Yeah. Well, Ryan, thank you so much for coming on the podcast today. I'm going to hit stop on the recording here, but uh, stick yeah. around here for a minute. I want to talk to you some more. So. All right. We'll do. Thanks. How good was that? Uh, Ryan Gentles, what a guy. What a friend. I'm so grateful to have him on today. Uh, be sure to grab a copy of his book, Did Jesus Wear Undies? I have it. I love it. And I am positive that you will too. You can find the link to buy from Amazon in the show notes for this episode at defiantdad.com slash 003. As always, if uh, you have any feedback, I'd love to hear from you. Shoot me a message straight from the homepage at defiantdad.com. And uh, don't forget to hit that subscribe button wherever you're listening. Uh, if Also, if you like the show, would you mind leaving me a five-star rating? It's a super, super simple way to uh, help boost the visibility of the show so that more dads like you and I can hear the life-changing message of the gospel. If you're on Instagram, I'd be honored to have your follow. The name there is The Defiant Dad, all one word, The Defiant Dad. This is The Defiant Dad Podcast. My name is Andrew Sullivan, and I'll catch you next Monday. Thank you for listening.